What's up, y'all? It's Whitley, and you're tuned in to another Wondering Whitley session. Uh, sorry, when I came on here, I'm looking down. As y'all know, I'm recording both on my audio iPod player, <laughs> on Spotify and Anchor, and then also right here on video. If you're looking at me, and you can see me. So if you do listen on Spotify, Anchor, I do have a visual again on YouTube and it's under the same page name Wondering Whitley so you'll be able to find the videos if you ever feel so compelled to come to YouTube or YouTube if you just want to listen to the audio you can find me on Spotify and on the Anchor app um, I believe you probably have to have the app which is free uh, but tonight uh, so there's this viral video going around of this pastor doing something that I won't really describe because anytime I think about it, it's pretty disgusting. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know, then, you know, um, I don't want to really say names of it because if you haven't seen it, then it wasn't meant for you to see, but it was really disgusting. <laughs> he was trying to do a demonstration of a scripture and a lot of people, you know, felt the ways about it. And a lot of people who were in the church who identify as Christian just felt like it was excessive, you know, and there are a lot of opinions about it. It was a viral moment for many reasons that it, you know, he probably didn't intend. And this session is not about critiquing that or even detailing it. I'm, I'm bringing it up because it made me think about something else for some reason. And if you follow my femininity page which is the feminine arts academy on instagram i'm also on facebook i post on there but i post on my instagram page i'm also on twitter at arts feminine and i just post things quotes from myself uh that are really an encouragement to women on our self-love journey and our healing journey and today i call it motivational monday i'm recording this on the monday in today's post, um, what did I say exactly? I'm trying to think. I think I said something to the effect of it's okay to go slow and steady. Oh, slow and steady preserves your position. That was what the post said. And in the caption, I narrated it and said, God doesn't wear a watch with our growth. God moves continuously and consistently at a steady pace so that we have the character development that we need to be able to sustain the resistance that comes with new levels of elevation and exposure. And that post came from this viral moment, you know, and I'm still trying to make why I made those connections about character development because I'm not at all suggesting that this was poor character of him because I define character in a very specific way um but there have been people who have critiqued you know maybe he was doing it out of ego you know all these different things I have my opinions which is really again not what this video is about I don't really want to go there it's more so of that made me think of just our readiness for certain levels of exposure and I think about this a lot because I think about the path that I have been taking on 
as far as even my dance career and the things that I thought I wanted to do, but then the things that I felt more led and compelled to do and how slowly I allowed my vision to evolve and shift uh, to more of a vision that's less about me and more about who I'll serve in the interim of me pursuing this and who I'll become, which when I first started pursuing it, it it had a, a tinge of that, but it was still very much so me focused. And I just think about little things that I, I wanted, like certain jobs at the time, certain positions, just certain aspects throughout, I mean, even high school, but definitely an undergraduate, you know, post-grad that it was moments where when I didn't get it, of course I was sad, but I've always been one to keep moving. But then if I experience something, I'll look back on that moment like, dang, I'm glad God didn't give me that when I thought I was ready or when I thought I wanted it. For example, very specifically, I wanted to work on campus very early on. I wanted to work on campus in my undergraduate experience. I started applying for on-campus jobs my freshman year. I didn't really get a job on campus until my senior year when I was a parent orientation leader. And in between my freshman and my senior year, though, I tried almost every year to get like an orientation leader job or be in one of the main offices or be an Eagle ambassador. You know, these people who because when you work on campus, especially like in not not just if you're working on the cafeteria or something like that, no divs to people who did that. But when you're things like RA or you're working in the orientation office or you're an orientation leader, they see those positions as student leaders as well. And so those are the type of positions I went for. But I will tell you between my freshman year and my senior year, when I finally became a parent orientation leader, I got into a lot of things that had I been in that position and got it when I wanted it, I probably would have ruined my reputation or I probably would have, I just would have ruined my reputation. Like I was in trouble with the law at least two times, which is if you listen to some of this podcast earlier episodes, I'll go through that and maybe I'll spend time telling my story you know, when it's when it's more relevant to tell again, um, I won't go into details right now, but I I was in trouble with the law at least two times in my undergraduate experience to the point of probation and, you know, just not things that they'll they'll want a student leader to be, you know, involved in or to have like going on and. Yeah, and, and and I remember one day when I was finally an orientation leader, just kind of looking back like, dang, I'm glad God didn't expose me too soon. And I remember having that moment again when I moved to New York and I was in graduate school and I was picked for our faculty dance concert. They call it the Distinguished Dance Concert. Uh, at the school that I went to at NYU. 
and you don't audition for it. It's just like if your professors and stuff see you in classes and they want to work with you, then they'll pick you and they'll ask you privately to be in their piece. Well, I was asked to be in two professors pieces and they both made me a lead. And I didn't really even feel worthy of being a lead because the other people who were in the piece, like, I felt like technically they were better than me. Like, I just didn't feel as worthy. And, but they, they knew what I had to offer and they wanted what I had to offer. I just couldn't see it. And I remember just always, just almost sometimes just needing an encourager or needing that affirmation, like, who I was and what I brought to the table as far as dance was enough. And I remember having that thought again, like, man, I'm glad I'm not in the industry right now. Like I thought I wanted to be, because if I don't have a self-esteem here and I'm in graduate school, who's to say that I would have it like when I'm in this so-called dream position and I'm working with the artists of my dreams and that I'll have the confidence to stand my ground that they wanted me to compromise on something or wear something or do something that I didn't really want to do. Like my mind went there for some reason, even though, you know, to the average person, those two moments wouldn't connect. They connected. And so those are just two examples. But I've had many examples like that, like where I wanted something in one season or I wanted something to happen at a certain season. And then, you know, I'll experience something in interim and then it'll get to a point where it's just like, man, I'm glad that didn't happen when I wanted it to. I'm glad that didn't work out like I, I thought it should have. And then there were times where God let it go ahead and happen. And then, you know, it ended the way it ended or it went how it went. And I'm just sitting there with the pieces of <laughs> like already knowing, you know, I had already gotten that inkling, like the timing wasn't right. And so I connected that to what I saw with this pastor to me, not to to put them in this category of like oh it's not his season to be exposed it was more so just thinking about myself how you know one opinion that I do have about what I saw in that video is that I'm a strong believer um and it you know and I don't mean this in a religious sense regardless of if you're religious or not but however you believe in God universe you know, whatever that's, that's, that's on you. But how I believe is that I believe if God does have a message for you to give somebody, it can even be as simple as blessing somebody, you know, and you don't know they need to be blessed, but you feel moved to give them something, or you feel moved to call somebody because they was on your mind, or you feel moved to text somebody and check on them. Like, I think those, those things are divinely orchestrated even if you're not consciously thinking about it and because I know people random people have said things to me or I've come across something and it's just like dang God knew I needed that encouragement or God knew I needed that affirmation and they don't even know me or what I'm experiencing like I think those are divine moments where God can really use anybody but I think Two, when you're positioned and you know you have to offer a word or offer a service or things like that, 
I think God, if, if, if God really wants you to do something, God will give you the wisdom to deliver it in a way where the people receiving it can receive it. Now, this doesn't mean that it won't cause annoyance or it won't step on anybody's toes, depending on what it is. It doesn't mean that sometimes it won't even hurt feelings again, depending on what it is. But I believe God is not the author of confusion or, or distraction, but sometimes it can cause disruption. And I think disruption and distraction can be two different things. When I think about like divine placements and divine encounters, I think disruption can be a breakup happening or disruption in your life can be, you know, an illness. Sometimes if it has to get that far, it can be. So for some people, it's a car accident or some people like it's it's things that just kind of disrupt your pattern and wake you up in a way where distraction takes you off of the main thing where a disruption can can bring you back to what the main thing is because you were going off because you were distracted whereas distraction is it's all it's is it's like too out there to where like I can't even focus on the main thing because now I'm focused over here and when that happens I feel like there's not enough wisdom then that probably wasn't given to you by God. It probably was given to you out of your own, you know, need or your own ego or your own plan, which all of us have done. Like I've talked about the scholarship award show I did. If you go back and listen to earlier episodes, you'll hear that in detail. I think I talked about it in one of these earlier episodes, but that was a time where the initial idea was God led, but the more I tried to expand it and make it bigger than the actual season that I was in, it became about me than the actual service I was trying to, trying to give. And the end result reflected that. And I was in a really bad situation where I couldn't come through on what I promised. And so I have personally learned that I don't want to rush to the next level. I don't want to rush certain blessings to manifest because if God has me in a certain season right now, I'm supposed to be in that season. I'm supposed to be with or without whatever I think I need. Like I need to maximize what I have in my hand on this level right now. If I don't have what I think I need, then that means there's something else that I'm supposed to, you know, just work with at this time. If I don't have other information, that means I just need to work with the information I have until new information is presented because God also doesn't want me stagnant, but there's something that I could be maximizing right here. And really I'm learning this every day, but going back to the quote that I posted today of, you know, being slow and steady preserves your position because I don't think anybody wants to get to where they're fully exposed to more people 
got a bigger audience, got high paying clients, got people who know their name more than, you know, what you did when you started out. And that's when you start making your biggest mistakes. That's when you start, you know, being fickle in your character or who you really are begins to show up because the behind the scenes, when you were in your development stage, you didn't take that seriously. It's almost like that. Well, it's not almost, it is like that guy. He, you know, was giving all this relationship advice to women and he got exposed for having a wife that didn't nobody know about. And he was cheating on her with multiple women who was also listening to his videos you know, and then him and his wife come on camera, the wife we didn't know about, you know, and he's giving all this apology. And it's like, that's, that's something in his character that could have gotten taken care of before he got this big audience. And it's like, you wait to make that type of mistake and failure and slip up when you're at the height of your career, when you're so exposed. And honestly, I'm afraid of that. Like once I had that moment with this scholarship award show, I thank God to this day that I wasn't as exposed as I believe God can has the has the capability to take me to because there was something in my character that still needed to be developed. There was something that still needed to be chiseled out. You know, and I feel like God is still working on those things with me. And so this moment with this pastor seeing this video, I'm not saying that's what he needs. Only he can reckon with God on that. But that situation made me reflect on myself about, you know, Whitley, that's why it's okay to be patient. That's why it's okay to do the work that's in your hand and not wish to be somewhere else or further along in your journey or want more audience or want more subscribers faster or want, you know, different things or want to be exposed too soon because with exposure comes criticism with exposure comes expectation with exposure comes a responsibility, whether I asked for it or not. And I know the type of lifestyle I want. I know what type of voice that I want to have. And I believe having a voice also comes with a responsibility, whether I ask for it or not. And I want to take that seriously. And my main thing is, and as, is that I know I can't be everything to everybody. I can be on my best <laughs> P's and Q's to me. And somebody can still critique, you know, and somebody can still call me wrong or say my intention is bad, like that just comes with the territory. But I think there is an element of being sensitive to how I'm presenting myself. And the, the thing that I want most is that I can be confident in whatever I do because I know what I'm presenting to you all on video and voice, you know, or whatever else I do in my lifetime that I'm the same person behind closed doors. Like I'm not going to get exposed for being or doing something contrary to what I'm offering you all. And, and 
honestly, that still takes development. Like that's my intention, but I know there are things that I still have to come into alignment with that I'm still working on in myself. There are things I'm still tempted with that it's just like, I don't even want to have that desire anymore. Like, I don't even want that to be a temptation because if I was in a situation where I really could indulge in that, I don't even, you know, I just want that, you know, when I'm really in a place, I just want that to be something that's like, I'm not even phased by, but there are certain things that it's like, if I was in the perfect situation, I would, I would take advantage of that. And those are things too, that I, it's like, I don't want to take that on, on, on the road with me going to the next level. And so I wanted to have this conversation and, and, and reflect on some of my experiences and the things that I've been thinking about in the past 24 hours since this video has gone viral, because, you know, some people spend time critiquing those things. You know, I did say my opinion. I have a Twitter. <laughs> I've probably said like two tweets about it. And then I left it at that because it was pretty disgusting anyway. I, I really don't be wanting to think about it. But I take moments, like very public moments, I feel like that is the downfall. But also the highlights of social media is that a lot of things are just, they're going to get out there faster, sooner. They're going to be out there to everybody. And it's it's kind of like everybody has free range to you know, comment on it, whether they have all the information or not. And that's only going to elevate like that aspect of our lives is not going anywhere. Whereas back in the day, if you were exposed to something, sometimes it could stay in your town or you never really heard about it unless somebody talked about it because social media wasn't a thing. And so now everybody got a phone, everybody got a podcast. Excuse me, y'all. Everybody, you know, can use their voice in different ways. And no, we can't avoid making mistakes. No, we can't avoid people critiquing us, even if we're on our best or we're moving in alignment with what we know is right for us. But I think we all can strive to be consistent and in alignment with who we're presenting ourselves to be. Because some people who get exposed later on at the heights of their career is that they're giving off one image they're saying one thing or they're you know preaching one thing but then they get exposed for for being and doing or having something else and that can happen to any any one of us that's why I'm boasting people's downfalls but I do observe it and I do just Thank God for taking me the slow and steady route. Um, in those moments, I'm like, thank you, God, for not exposing me because that could have been me who made that mistake. <clears throat> or that could have been my situation that, you know, more as, as many eyes was on them when they made it could have been on me, you know, with how fast I was moving and. I just thank God all the time when I see another situation like that. Like, thank God. Thank you for not giving me what I wanted too soon. Thank you for, you know, allowing me to embrace this path of character development so that when I get to those new levels and I'm exposed even more, that I have the strength, that I have the character to really sustain that position. 
And sometimes I think that's something that we don't really think about the character and the strength and the reserve and the restraint it takes to operate at new levels of exposure and exposure can be more people, greater opportunities, a bigger budget, more clientele, the relationship of your dreams, you know, the, the doors that you always wanted to walk into, like you gotta, you gotta really have the things that we don't really think about in order to sustain your position in those, in those spaces. I'll never forget, I lived in New York and I went to go take a class by one of the Hills dancers that I admire. I had been watching her since I was like in high school. And I don't know how, but I ended up talking to her. We were rocking to the train around the same time. And I asked her, and I know she has a daughter. She had a daughter early on. But I remember her when she danced with Beyonce on the 2007 MTV Awards when Beyonce was doing... She gonna be rocking the chilla chilla coast. I let you go. She did that. Mm, boom, boom. Mm, boom, boom. <laughs> like I'll never forget that performance. But I've always been a stalker of like background dancers because that's really what I wanted to do <laughs> growing up. So I've always followed her career even before, of course, before social media. You know, and then now social media, you get to see more of their classes and stuff. So she taught a few times at the Ailey School in New York. So, of course, I went both times. But I remember talking to her and I just happened to ask her, like, you know, you being in the industry for so long and you were younger when you did it and you're still in the industry. Did you ever feel like you had to compromise on anything? And she was like, well, what do you what when you say compromise, what do you mean? Like, you know, they already over-sexualized women. Did you ever feel like you said yes to doing something on a video set or in a video or, you know, wearing something you didn't really want to wear, but you did it because you felt like you didn't want to get blackballed or you didn't want to be called difficult or you, because you really wanted that job, like you didn't, you didn't want to stand up for yourself in a way that you thought was going to cost you the opportunity. And she sat there for a minute, kind of looked down and she was like, honestly, yeah, a few times she was like, and you know, when I think when I had my daughter, it really made me evaluate some of those decisions I made. But she was like, you know, I was young you know, when I got in the industry, I wish I would have had more information. There are things that I did early in my career that I would never do now. And she was like, sometimes it just comes with the territory. But, you know, sometimes it just comes with you having more name in the industry and you feeling like you can have much more of a voice. But I just remember her saying that and it affirmed why. Again, I thank God for not taking me the route I thought I wanted to go in as soon because I don't think I had the strength, the character to hold my ground and then to be able to look myself in the face, you know, even years later, you know, and just having to go through the process of forgiving myself for those things that I feel like I should have stood up for. And now I think I'm stronger in certain areas, but again, you know, with what I want now, I just always use moments like what I talked about at the beginning of the video. You know, I use other people's situations to not critique them, but to kind of look at my own life and say, you know, hey, how can I be much more content 
and intentional in the season that I am now so that when I am more exposed, like, not that I won't make any mistakes because I will, I'm not perfect, but certain things that I feel like, you know, if I am intentional in this season, I shouldn't run into um, or I'll be able to discern it and be able to make a decision, you know, um, that can put me in a better light for at least for myself. So that's all I have for y'all tonight. Um, again, you know, this is wondering Whitley. These are these things I'm thinking about from these conversations. You take what you want to take away. Um, but one of the things that I do hope you think about is think about the season that you're in, what you want to offer the world and what work are you doing on yourself to make sure that who you are is in alignment with who you want people to believe you are. And are you that person, you know, in the light and in the dark, uh, because that's what will matter at the end of the day. So I love y'all so much. And this is all I have for you until the next one. Hmm. <laughs>